if we're going to cancel a lot of things, let's cancel winter. Winter absolutely sucks. Thank you so much for hitting play on this week's edition of the My Life as Luke podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, wherever you listen to podcasts at. Don't forget to follow on social media too at Radio Luke Kelly, Instagram and Twitter. That's where you can find me. I've been dealing with winter weather for about the last week. Last week, Wednesday, Thursday, dealing with the ice. Now, here I am on a Monday dealing with snow. Tomorrow, going to be dealing with snow. And then late Wednesday night into Thursday, probably even more snow. I'm over it. I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. So whenever I tell somebody that, and I, I live in Louisville, Kentucky now. People are like, oh, you should be used to this. Didn't it do this all the time in the winter? I'm like, yeah. That's the reason why I hate this stuff. That's the reason why I've always wanted to move south is so I didn't have to deal with the brutally cold winters and the snow. And I guess I am further south, but not far enough south. Like, even in Arkansas, I thought I was good, but there was one year there where we had an ice storm, and right now, Little Rock is getting hit with the same storm that we're getting hit with. So, even if I was in Little Rock right now, even if I was in Dallas right now, I would still be dealing with this winter weather. Man, it's just got to stop. It has to. I don't know why it has to. I think I it has to because I'm over it. That's the only reason why. I, I'm here to fight Mother Nature. Is it cool if I take her on? I think I should. But before I even get there, I should probably look at finding a new hobby. That's according to my brother, my brother called me out last week, and he's like, dude, you need to get a new hobby. You need to get other hobbies. All you do is just sit at home. Yeah, I do sit at home a lot, and I enjoy it. I enjoy being at home. I enjoy Nora's company. I do stuff around the house. I watch TV shows. I don't feel like I need to find other hobbies. I feel like I have a lot of my time spoken for, especially once spring rolls around, there's going to be so many different things that I want to do outside. A lot of landscaping stuff, putting down sand, some of the uh, landscaping sheet. I don't know what exactly it's called. Like uh, it almost looks like a, um, like fabric. You know what I'm talking about? The landscaping fabric, throw sand down and then that, and then some wood chips over there. Um, putting in a garden. Like, I want to do a lot of things outside, and that will take up a lot of my time this spring. And the way that I always view hobbies is it's usually something that you do that will cost you money. And I don't like spending money. I feel like my mortgage payment every single month is me spending money on my new hobbies. It doesn't matter. Like, now this is what I'm committed to. I'm committed to doing stuff around the house because... I want to actually get a return out of my house. And Nora's all about it too. She wants to do a whole bunch of house projects. There's one other one that we're probably going to be doing soon before spring hits, but we're going to put some um, shelving into our pantry. Make that look nice. We finished up our first, I would say this is our first home improvement project since we've moved into the house. We painted the bathroom, changed out a light fixture, hung up a new mirror. We had some help from a friend and he spent way too much time here. And the only reason, I don't mean that in a mean way. He spent so much time here because the wiring and the way that the previous light was hung was janky 
and we had to fix it up. So he was able to find some ways to put this new light fixture up, and I, I kept apologizing to him the whole time. I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't know that it was like this. And he was like, no, 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 it's it's fine. I, I, I planned on spending some time over here, so it, it's not that big of a deal. But still, whenever somebody helps you out, you still feel bad for their time, really, right? Because time is very valuable in this day and age. But usually if I'm not doing like a home improvement project or if I'm not doing something with Nora going shopping or something like that, my hobbies include watching stuff on TV, watching sports, watching different documentaries, which one that I watched last week and what this whole episode is basically going to be about of the My Life is Luke podcast is Free Britney. Have you seen it yet? It's on Hulu. If you haven't seen it, you should probably stop listening to this week's episode and go watch Free Britney and then come back and listen because you're probably going to want to talk about it, but this is another way to kind of talk about it without talking about it. I knew what was going on with Britney Spears for a while, but I didn't realize how big Free Britney actually was. People standing outside of courthouses with signs walking up and down the street, calling for free Britney to remove the conservatorship that her father has. I was kind of taken back about this whole thing. It's like, wow, I didn't realize it was that big. The New York Times was the one, or the New York Post, I think it was the New York Times was the one that did this documentary. And they're interviewing a whole bunch of people, people that were protesting, or not pro, yeah, protesting, I guess that's what you call it, people that were protesting outside courthouses, talking to people that have podcasts about freeing Britney Spears. I think the, the, the podcast was like Britney's IG or something like that, where it's two ladies that basically discuss what's going on on Britney Spears' Instagram. Odd, but you know what? Like I said, there's an audience out there for it. Everybody has been so enamored with Britney Spears. And the group that grew up with Britney Spears is now an adult and now has time to go on the internet at night or now that they're working from home may may not have that 30-minute travel into work where they could be looking up some stuff about Britney Spears and they find it and they're dedicated. Millennials are a very, very nostalgic-based demographic. Everything. You look at what's on TV right now. Everything's like remakes or reboots. So it's not surprising that Britney Spears has this huge, massive following trying to get her out of, I would say, an emotional prison cell right now. That's what I took away from this documentary. Britney's in a mental prison, and it probably has a lot to do with her dad. When you first are introduced to her dad, you hear stories about how Britney's mom and dad didn't make a lot of money, and her dad would do a lot of different things to try and make money for the family. Seemed like he was a hustler. Seemed like he put his money into a lot of bad business ventures. Kind of seemed like, a, when I say hustler, I think he was a hustler. Just trying to make ends meet, doing shady things. And you see how shady he is once you get further into the documentary. But that was the first thing that I noticed about the dad. And I, I've known stuff about the dad with this conservatorship. 
So I wasn't very surprised when I heard how her dad was. But what I was very surprised at is how Britney Spears' career has spanned multiple decades now. This started out in an early age, before Britney Spears was even on the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. She was on a show called Star Search, which Star Search is kind of like uh, an America's Got Talent or American Idol or something like that, if, if you've never seen it before. And she had this itch to become an entertainer. That's what she wanted to do. Her parents wanted to do anything that they could possibly do in order to get her into the entertainment business. They were flying to New York, commuting for a while on a train to New York City to get up there and do classes and do auditions and stuff like that because they couldn't afford to stay out in New York City for multiple months at a time or even just get another place there. They just couldn't afford it. And she found her break getting on the Mickey Mouse Club. But she went away for a little bit and then came back as one of the biggest pop stars ever. And Britney was in a time period where male musicians were all the way at the top. I mean, she was in the boy band era. I'm trying to think of other female artists that were as big during that time. I could think of Christina Aguilera, the Spice Girls were kind of on their way out as Britney was coming in. Mandy Moore, but she didn't even have a huge run. Avril Lavigne. I'm trying to think of other female that were in it, but Britney was up against NSYNC, the Backstreet Boys, 98 Degrees, LFO, Eminem. I mean, there were so many boy bands at the time that or even individual males that were on the list at that time. But Britney, whenever she would come out with a song, that bad boy would be number one. He would go all the way up to the top. If you're a kid, if you're a millennial, you remember running home from school or getting home from school off that bus and turning on MTV to watch TRL. That was the show. That was what everyone wanted to watch as soon as they got home from school was TRL on MTV to watch the top, I think, what are they, top 10? Top 10 songs of the day, that's what they would count down. And they would have different artists on, and they would interview them, and you know they would talk about the song and how this is moving up the charts. But they always had one big act that would be there for the episode. And I remember Britney Spears being on there quite a bit. She was always a draw when she was on there. People would be lining the streets of Times Square just to just to even look inside of the TRL studio. And you couldn't even really see all that much. But people would line up. And they would they would just love the chance to just look at her from afar. She was that big. That big. And I think when you're a huge celebrity. I don't even think you need to get to the point of paparazzi or anything. When you're a huge celebrity, you're kind of, you're distanced from reality, right? You don't know what it's like to be a part of society anymore because you're treated so different. You have so many different obstacles than a normal person does. Think about when you go to a grocery store. 
You may see somebody when you go to a grocery store that you went to school with or maybe is your dad's friend and you say hi in the store or maybe it's a family friend so you catch up for a bit. But just imagine everybody thinking that you're their family friend, stopping you, wanting to take a picture, wanting to get your autograph. After a while, all of that stuff is just going to start to catch up with you. And it's going to start to wear and tear on you. No matter how mentally stable you are or not, there's going to be a time where that catches up to you because you're not able to live a normal lifestyle. And I think Brittany was able to do it, and she did it with a lot of class. Because when she was going through this height of her big run, this height of her popularity... She was sitting down doing interviews with Barbara Walters, um, you know, anybody that was anybody. I think Diane Sawyer was the one that they talked about on this documentary, um, or at least they focused on. And Diane Sawyer was asking Britney Spears some really, really hard questions and really inappropriate questions, too. Um, asking her about, does she feel guilty at all about the way she dresses and how parents have to explain to their children how it's not okay to be that way? And it's just like, whoa, why are you asking these questions? That is not okay. Some of the questions that journalists asked that were showed during this documentary, if a journalist were to ask a celebrity those questions now, they would be canceled. They would be fired in a heartbeat. There's no way they would make it another day on air. But Britney Spears did it a lot. And sometimes she would try and laugh it off and just smile. And you could tell she did not like some of the questions that she got. When they talked about the breakup with Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake, it was all Britney's fault. Nobody ever said it was Justin Timberlake's fault. But... There's two sides of every story. There's two people to blame every single time in an incident. So it's it's just hard to see a journalist ask somebody, especially a journalist, because you're supposed to get both angles, both sides. Like you're supposed to ask these people these questions, but in mail, I, I feel lucky to be a male because you would have never been asked some of the questions that Britney Spears was asked. And I think that takes away some of the credibility for some of the journalists for asking these questions, for putting Britney in those situations. And when Britney Spears started to get out a little bit, she had that breakup with Justin Timberlake. She found new love with Kevin Federline. That's when things really start to intensify with Britney Spears' um, personal life. They start to spiral out of control. And Kevin Federline and Britney Spears were going to get a divorce. And she didn't like it. She didn't want... She didn't like the possibility of not having her kids in her everyday life. Has to be crazy. I'm not a parent, but I could never imagine what that would feel like. Your kid not seeing them every day. And then to, to, to throw even more lighter, lighter fluid onto the fire here. You had the paparazzi always following Brittany during this huge time in her life. 
an emotional time of her life. Asking her questions, trying to take photos. That's personal stuff, man. There's no time period. Think about if you went through that, or maybe you've already went through that in your life, and you had somebody shoving a camera in your face, asking you questions that were way too personal, way too personal, and you wouldn't go berserk on them? I've seen it on local TV where there's where there's local cases and these stories become huge. These people aren't even celebrities that get into altercations with journalists because they're asking questions. Now imagine you're Britney Spears and you have every single photographer in LA in your face. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be crazy. And one of the big things that made her probably lose her case to not have full custody of her children was when she went nuts, pulled that umbrella out, went after the paparazzi. Probably didn't help her, but you know what? I would have probably done that two years ago if I were in Britney's situation because it was terrible. People always following her around. People always asking these questions like, there's a line. You don't need to be involved in somebody's everyday life. You don't need to know what a person is really feeling all the time. That's for them. If you're their shrink, that's a different thing. But once all that happens and Britney Spears looks unstable and she looks like somebody that can't do anything for herself. She she doesn't look like somebody that would be able to to just like do daily tasks because I don't know her mental health. She might be crazy. And this conservatorship that her dad got. Because you remember after this happened, they put Britney Spears into a psych ward. She was evaluated. And that's when things started to move pretty fast to get this conservatorship on Britney Spears. And the more and more you hear about people talk about a conservatorship and what it is, what it means, what the ramifications could be for somebody's life, it's crazy. Most of the time when these conservatorships are put out there is because of somebody's health, really, not mental health, but just health in general. Like they're going to be in a coma or... um, you know, they're going through some procedures that maybe they won't be able to decide outcomes in the near future. You know, there could be a lot of different things. Usually it's very medical, but I don't think Britney Spears was at a point to where she should have a conservatorship over what's going on in her life. But her dad being the opportunist that he always was, I think that's what led him to actually try and take control over Britney Spears. And ultimately, he was cashing in on his daughter because Britney was out of the spotlight for a while. She wasn't doing tours. She wasn't coming out with new music all the time. Under her dad's watch, that's what she was going to do. She came out with a new album, went on tour, did a residency in Vegas. All big-time things. All very big-time things. Great for your career if you're able to do that. But you could see in some little snippets 
during that documentary, Brittany didn't want anything to do with her dad. She didn't want him taking control over her career. Think about that. Somebody else having so much say in what you do and having an oversight of what you do, they get a kit back off of your talents for being a conservator over your life. I mean, I understand there's there's managers, there's agents and things like this, but her dad was acting more in line of that than a dad that was protecting her daughter. It seemed like he was pushing her daughter out there for his own profit. He was trying to make money. And even the lawyer that her dad was working with on this was receiving like 1% during this whole conservatorship. It's bizarre. And I know Britney Spears wants to get out of this. I don't think we've directly seen quotes of her wanting to get out of this. But I know that you could see it in her eyes. You could see it when she talks about things. But I think there was something that happened late last week about the conservatorship that gave Britney some control back. I'm pulling up this article right now on CNN, but it looks like it's a click slide thing here. And, or maybe some audio is going to play. I don't have time for that. You didn't come to hear that stuff. But Britney doesn't want to perform if her dad has control of it. And I think there's going to be a time where we do know everything that has happened to Britney Spears. There's going to be a time. She is going to get control of her life. And she's going to come out with another documentary. And it will probably be one that she directs. One that she could tell you her full story. And when that one drops, man, that one's going to be huge. I would love for Britney Spears to come back on her own. She would probably say that, I, I actually, I shouldn't say that, but she would probably need to talk to somebody for a while. Go to a psychiatrist, talk things out about how she feels over her whole last, I don't know, what it's a, what has it been? Almost like 15 years at this point? It's been a long time. But Britney... She needs control of her life. Think about being your age and not having control over your life. That would be bizarro. Somebody else, especially a parent, that is trying to cash in on this. That's what I think. And it's horrible. Poor Britney Spears. Poor Britney Spears. Ah. <sighs> I, just, I feel emotionally connected to her because she, like I said, she was the biggest star at the time. One of my big first crushes of all time. Baby One More Time was a great song. I remember my brother driving us to go to uh, the lake. We had that on a mixtape. My brother was a great person to put together a, a mixtape before going on a little road trip. He was great at it. Britney Spears was on there all the time. Eminem, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC. I mean, it went all over the place. So let's let, let's just hope that Britney Spears could get her life back together.
and her dad has to be shoved into a personal hell just like Brittany has been because it wasn't fair to her. Go somewhere else, Jamie. Now, one thing that I will say, none of her family during this um, documentary actually spoke out. They reached out to her family, Jamie Spears, Lynn Spears, Jamie Lynn Spears, reached out to a lot of people in Britney Spears' camp, but not a lot of people wanted to talk. I think the only person that we got to hear from in this documentary was Britney's old... Her her title changed a lot. It was like manager, and then it was like personal assistant, and then business manager, a lot of different titles. You got her story. You got to hear from her, but nobody that's really in the inner circle of Britney Spears's everyday life. Well, thank you so much for listening to the podcast this week. I greatly appreciate it. Once again, I can't recommend this documentary enough. Get to Hulu, watch it. And you could count on me waiting for you right here next week on the My Life is Luke podcast.